then we spend an on ridiculous amount of time unraveling our sense of self. And so I call that, um, oddly, I call that your personal podcast. So okay. here you are developing a podcast um, yep. to be a part of it. Every day, people are wearing their headphones and listening to their own narrative, their own personal podcast, 24-7. Yes. Mine, mine was going strong at 2.30 this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Not helpful. And so that, so having more control, having the confidence to have more control over that narrative and choose words that serve you well, as opposed to those that it really have no value or diminish you or limit you in some way. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is The Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. As always, I encourage you to follow us on our social media channels. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle The Audacious Pod. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, then you know all you got to do is tap that bell down below. Ding, ding, ding. And that way you're connected to all great things audacious related. Now, on this episode of the podcast, we're going to spend some time discussing the awesome power our words can have on others. Provided, of course, that they're used correctly. Now, I'm certain we, we all can remember or reflect on a time when someone instilled some form of confidence in us simply by the words that they used. You know, they, they, they made us believe that we could achieve anything we set our minds to. You know, as I stand outside Pauline Public School, where I attended as an elementary school child, uh, I reflected on my time and, and, and my grade five teacher, specifically Ms. Watson, who gave me the confidence to believe I could do whatever I put my mind to, and simply by saying, you can do it. We'll expand, we'll expand further on the topic of our power of our words in a conversation with Terry Short. Terry is a human potential developer and has been a coach in, the, in some capacity uh, throughout her entire career. She has 30 years of leadership experience and is also the author of the book, The Words We Choose, Your Guide to How and Why Words Matter. It really is a great chat that I'm sure you'll all enjoy. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Terry Short. Enjoy. Hey, Terry, thank you for, for being here and joining me on the Audacious Living Podcast. Uh, appreciate you taking the time like this. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm, I, like I said in the pre-record, I feel like I should interview you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always open to the dialogue, which regardless which end of the microphone I sit at, I'm good with it. So no problem. <laughs> exactly. um, uh, it's a pleasure. Again, like I said, pleasure to have you here uh, talk, to talk about, uh, I think, something that uh, is, is a key driver to success for a lot of people. And it's it's it's, it's their potential and, and being able to tap into uh, their individual potential. We all have it, right? We, it, it exists within all, within all of us. Uh, but sometimes 
how we get to it isn't necessarily the same. Um, and so, and, and, and I'll use the word journey because for some it's a bit of a journey and uh, to get to where they got to get to. And so maybe kind of as a starting point, Terry, we'll get you sort of talk about sort of maybe what, what, what got you to where you are and, and maybe the significance of, of, of this thing we call human potential. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I, people ask me that all the time. How'd you get to where you are? And I, I credit my father quite a bit because okay. when my youngest memories, I recall him telling me I could do anything, mm. you know, he was, you know, he very, very supportive. And so I started saying all when somebody would question, well, you don't know anything about that, or, you know, you can't do that. I'd say, of course I can. Cause that was his voice behind me. Right. Saying that. And so I, I developed what um, <clears throat> some people would say probably an inordinate amount of confidence. <laughs> I love it. Good. It served me well. And I started to pay attention to how others didn't have it. And so I boil that down to a sense of self and I use the acronym SOS. Okay. And I believe some people need help, SOS, developing their sense of self. And that's what's led me to where I am today. And um, yeah, that's I'm, I'm all in it to help others develop their sense of self. I still love the idea of, of, of confidence because I think when you talk about a sense of self, it's, it's, it's got to start with our confidence and, and who, you know, what we have inside of us or how powerful, how unstoppable we think we are. Um, if, if, if that's not there, um, you're going to have a hard time getting to, you know, to, to understand your sense of, sense of self, isn't it? Well, at that, that end, we spend an, on, on a ridiculous amount of time unraveling our sense of self. And so I call that... Um, Oddly, I call that your personal podcast. So okay. here you are developing a podcast um, yep. to be a part of it. Every day, people are wearing their headphones and listening to their own narrative, their own personal podcast, 24-7. Yes. Mine was going strong at 2.30 this morning. <laughs> Not helpful. And so that, so having more control, having the confidence to have more control over that narrative and choose words that serve you well, as opposed to those that really have no value or diminish you or limit you in some way. There's so much to be said about that positive self-talk and what we think yeah. of ourselves and, and, and how, and, and how, you know, we view ourselves because mm -hmm. that, that sort of, sort of sets the table, so to speak, in terms of what happens next. Um, you know, if you're beating yourself up or, or thinking you're not worthy or you don't deserve it or whatever, that's, that, that's going to be a tough road. That's right. And sometimes we allow others to tell us that. Oh, and, you know, we've all heard about the 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 story of the kid who was told they'll never be a writer or they'll never be a basketball player or, you know, they're too short or they're too this or they're too that. And then they go on to excel. And yeah. but somebody put those words in their head and they had to spend some amount of time unraveling that yeah. and removing those words and replacing the key is it's not just enough to say, I'm no longer going to believe that you need to replace it with what you will believe. What that's where the human potential comes in is that taking hold of that potential and even just a tiny bit, because yep. as you take that tiny bit, the rest unravels beautifully. The, the, the unraveling process is key here, Terry, clearly what I'm hearing from you and being able to, because it, it, it helps with understanding and awareness and, and, and that serves as a starting point for, mm -hmm. for what you do next. Um, what kind of does that look like? when I So we talk about unraveling process. What does that look like? Well, I mean, I am a coach, so I would be remiss if I didn't say getting a good coach. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no different than in basketball, right? Yeah. And 
and your career that people don't get to excel unless they have some um, some guidance and they have somebody who believes in their potential, right? And then they set about having a um, discipline around the coaching. And, you know, <clears throat> the thing about coaching to me is that that's why I say I'm a human potential developer. I don't coach people because I have the answers. I coach people because they have the answers. And so getting in a conversation and asking probing questions, and it really, I always think about it as peeling back the layers. Here mm. I am like doing this and we're on a podcast, but <laughs> I get it. Y'all I can, see, I can yeah. see it. So that's what matters. <laughs> there you go. But so the peeling back the layers by yes. asking the probing questions is what gets to the heart of the individual. And that's, that's key. And so then that helps them start to build up their sense of self and, and realize that, like, like we said, it's like, sometimes it's a seed of yeah. potential that opens door after door after door. And, or back to the sporting analogy, you, one thing clicks and you're in the zone and you have that feeling one time, then you know how to get there. Right, right, right. <clears throat> what, what, what I love about that process is clearly the answer is, was always inside of us. It's not removed. It's not like you have to go to a library to get that book, to get that answer that you needed for yourself. It's part of you. It's just a matter of mining it out. Okay, so true. However, that uh -huh. can be really, really difficult. So seriously, how many people do you know that have some sort of mindfulness or meditation practice? Uh -huh. You may be in sports. It's a growing thing now, right? But yep. getting to the place where <clears throat> this is a part of my my uh, eventual goal is to um, live in a world where well-being is normalized. And part of that is that leaders, everybody is very passionate about self-care. And that starts with this, these mindfulness moments, right? A, a brilliant woman named Amishi Jha wrote a book called Peak Mind. Okay. And she actually proved study after study after study for decades that the, the, the sweet spot is 12 minutes a day, 12 minutes a day of, of mindfulness practice. And she used um, military first responders, people that were in really critical, fast decision-making right. um, processes. And their ability to do that went up exponentially when they had a 12-minute mindfulness practice. Mm. Yeah. So what does that practice look like? And for those who have no idea, they'll go, what's mindfulness? Like, I mean, we, it's a word that we hear, words that we, but what does that look yeah. like? Yeah, excellent question. So, so personally, I meditate. So I can, so yeah. when I say mindfulness, I can sit by the river and watch the river flow and only concentrate on that and, you know, clear my mind and, and have this, whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes or 12 minutes but, uh, yeah. to honor Dr. Ja. Um, or I can, I personally meditate every morning. So to me, um, maybe it's, maybe it's a character flaw, <laughs> but I need the guidance or I want the guidance. I want the, I put on my earbuds and I want the guidance that <clears throat> to some, I want to be offered something to contemplate for the day. And then there's a quiet time, sometimes music, sometimes not, you know, it's, I, there's an app for that. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> right. So I put on my app and I listen, and there's something offered different every day. And so, so I spend my 12 minutes, and sometimes that's more or less, um, having a, a thought for the day, a guidance, and then having the quiet time. So today's, for example, I've already done it. Yep. And today's was about um, centering your heart. 
And so it was a breathing exercise, simple as that. It was a breathing exercise that invited me to imagine the breath going to my heart center. And in doing that, like as the person was guiding me through and then they stopped talking, then I was having that mindfulness moment. And in and, and when the personal narrative, when other things like, oh, I've got to do that, or I'll be talking to Audley in an hour or whatever was coming in, then I would just take another breath and let that pass so that I could be present. Right. And, 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 and that the, the being present is, is oftentimes the biggest challenge for people. Either you're, you know, those that are, are, are consumed with what's happened in the past or what's about to happen, uh, yeah. as opposed to in the moment we are right now. So Terry, you and I are here right now and nothing else matters. We're that's staying right. present. And that's what, it, that's what we need to work to be like all the time. That's right. Okay. I'm sorry. Back to the sports. Cause yes. you're the sports guy. Yes. Okay. So it's been proven that the spectacular players, LeBron James, yep. make those many shots, right? It's it's that that is it's been proven that those individuals are in the moment, yes. like that. They're they're not letting anything else, like previous doubt or right. some myth or anything. They they excel because of their ability to drop into the moment. Yeah. So if you make <laughs> 20 shots and you've missed them all, it's believing. So it's 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 staying in the moment, but also believing the next shot will go in. That's right. And maybe so taking it further, <clears throat> when you're doing your mindfulness, you are yep. imagining that. So a part of mindfulness can be visualization. Yes. So, you know, in some of the meditation that I do, sometimes it's a visualization, like they're literally guiding me through visualizing something that I desire or what have you. And then here's the deal. Then you dream about it. Then, mm. the, you know, it all starts to be a part of your subconscious. Here's a crazy statistic. I'm, a, I'm actually currently obsessed with neuroscience. Okay. And it's a crazy statistic. First one I heard this, that you're, um, that we can take in 40 bits of information in a second. So okay. right now, while you're sitting in your office and I'm in mine, I yeah. originally thought 40 in a second, that seems like a lot, right? Yeah. 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 I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's feels overwhelming to me. Ends up your subconscious when you're sleeping 20 million bits a second. Wow. Right. So when somebody says you should sleep on that, they're right. <laughs> right? Good luck. Right. So you're imagining the thing that you want to do well, maybe it's the three pointer and you're, you're setting the intention to do it well and visualizing it. And then your subconscious takes over from there. You got to love it. That's it. I mean, it's, it's, it just shows you the level of activity that goes on in our heads and our minds. And um, so when when, when we talk about staying present, it's real, like you need to, because it's easy for us to get distracted and distrained. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, so, so a, a part of, I guess, mindfulness, and we know we talked about self-talk earlier, um, uh, but the, the, the things that we say or the words that we choose or how we talk to ourselves, this is also important too, isn't it not, Terry? It is. That's why I wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I wrote um, The Words We Choose, Your Guide to How and Why Words Matter for that reason. And the book starts with the internal narrative. And um, I say, I don't know, probably way too many times in the book is that voice is a choice. So the one that's playing over in your head, it's a choice. And so choosing words that replace the ones that are minimizing and limiting you. And then I go on to talk about words we choose with loved ones because sometimes they're triggers. Sometimes we've established these patterns with loved ones that are hard to shake. 
Right. So there's that. And then um, words in, and in the world at large. So words that represent racism, ageism, sexism, mm. gender identity, you know, just there, there's something to know. Right. And then words at work. And I, I wrap it all up with words that you use sort of for the greater good and in the universe, perhaps praying, whatever, yep. whatever works for you in how you're setting intentions. Right. And so all of that to say that we limit ourselves with words. And I have, I have a short list if you want to go through a couple. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so I'll start with super easy. If a lot of times we talk about, you know, if we, um, if we do this, um, if we get together next week and it, that's a little limiting. Why don't we mm. say when, when yeah. we get together next week? Yes. Right? right. And so why, why choose if, when you but, can yep. be more certain, right? Yep. Um, so easy ones can't oddly for as long as you believe that you can't do something like make the three-pointer you're right Correct. <laughs> yeah Correct. so right. we just cut that t apostrophe t off of there and start Man. speaking in terms of what you can do yes yes focus on the positive <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so this is a pretty common one but you know you'll hear mm. so whether you're the speaker sometimes i hear people say they're given a presentation and they say to the people around the board table um well, I'm going to show you the um, the benefits of this project we've been working on, but we'll also have to, don't do that. Right, like, right, right, you've right. Just, you've just diminished what you're there to you talk discount about. Discounted, yeah, you just discounted yeah. it. Like, like, So it's almost like, why am I going to listen if you're already okay. told me, but it's not going to work. Exactly. So end is the replacement word. So maybe there is something and we're going to need additional resources and, you know, mm. something that but you don't, it doesn't need to be a, but it can be, and something. Yes. And then the other time that that really pops in is when we're, I'm going to go with allegedly listening to someone. And so we're leaning in and we're listening. <clears throat> you tell me this, that, and the other thing. And I say, oh, but la di da di da right. I diminish everything you just said. That's right. right. That's mm -hmm. right. As opposed to acknowledging, oh, mm -hmm. I understand that, or I heard you or something that shows that you're present. That's right. And a really good, um, <clears throat> I just recently learned this phrase, a really good, it comes out of positive intelligence. Okay. And um, there's there's a website and a book about that. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> there's an app for that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, it. Yeah. And so the along the lines of positive intelligence, the idea is that even if you just express something and I adamantly disagree with what you said, first of all, the the, in the book where they talk about how at least 10% of what you said has value, whether I believe it or not, there's 10% yep. has value, right? Yep. And so there to train oneself to say, and this is the part I just learned, what I like about what you just said is this. So I tease out something, you know, I really want to say to you, but, 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 right? right. And I train myself, what I like about what you said is X and I tease out that nugget and then I extend it by saying, and, and that's the point at which I share my point of view, right? So, so I, 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 the part of what I love, and thank you for that, it's a good little exercise we went through, the, the, the replacement piece, because what the replacement means is that it's, it's not like, well, I just won't say that. It's because by, by not saying that, you're not keeping the conversation mm -hmm. going and that's there's right. value in having that conversation. So you maintain that conversation by replacing as opposed to eliminating. And exactly. you, you're essentially turning a, a negative into a positive. 
That's exactly right. There is no eliminating because we, we operate, again, neurosciencely, we're science-ish, we operate from a um, triggering standpoint. So the idea is to replace the trigger. So you might, your, one of your triggers might be every time you disagree, you say, but replace right. that trigger with the end trigger, right? And some people say, oh, okay, right. I'm never going to say, but I'll say, however, and yes. however is, but in a tuxedo, mm. right? <laughs> it's yes. the same. Yes. Yeah, you're still pushing back. You're still severing the thought that um, came before what you were talking about. <clears throat> the, 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 the other thing about that is, those replacement words now we're, we're giving ourselves the opportunity not only just to keep the conversation going, like I mentioned, but to even kind of inspire ourselves and, yeah. and, 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 and get us to that point where, Hey, I, I believe I can do this. Or, um, or even, I guess even from an influential standpoint, they can be helpful. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, but <clears throat> it starts internally. So again, we started the conversation today talking about sense of self. So I want to, change up those words for myself first. I want, if I have any butts lingering in there, I would do that, but, or I can't, I'm going to change that up for myself first so that then I'm, I'm showing up differently um, and how I present to the world, to the others I speak to. Right. There are three others that I'm particularly sensitive to when I hear leaders say them, because I believe they, well, two of them make you sound uncertain and lack of confidence and that's yep. um, might or probably mm. when people say, oh, we know we might meet our goals. Or we're probably going to do this, I think. Right, 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 right. It's like popping the balloon there. Yeah. Right. yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not instilling confidence by saying that. Yeah. And then the other one, everybody is, um, thinks about this one, I hope, uh, periodically is should. You know, mm. when you're, when somebody's saying should, what goes through my mind is, why, why are they choosing should? Because should feels to me that somebody else or society or something is dictating that action mm. instead of I'm um, choosing it myself. When I say should, it doesn't it feel like it's a exterior. <laughs> right, 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 right. As opposed to the intrinsic, I, I want to do like, want, I want to do this. I'm driven to do this. I, I, I need to do this. Should just sort of makes it feel obligatory in a sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know, maybe that was like the rebel in me when I was younger. I grew up in Maryland and there were a lot of shoulds. <laughs> there, they were, shoulds dictated everything. As I tease that that's why I eventually moved to California because there weren't so many. There, <laughs> you know. there still aren't. I'm still here. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what I do. That's but funny. you just led us nicely to one of mine that it kind of actually boils into more of a pet peeve for me, I guess. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and that's that you want to or that you need to. And so often, we say we have to, right? I have to do this, or I have to do that. And I, the one of my favorites is I, I mean, in a bad way, I have to pick the kids up from school today. Doesn't mm. that sound like a burden? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and for yeah, somebody yeah. whose kids are, uh, you know, in their early 20s, like, that goes by <laughs> in a blink of an eye, you know, you get to do that. And I get to. a fabulous time to be yep. sequestered in the car and ask some really good questions. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. No, no, I get that. So it's almost like I, it's, it's, it treats like it's a privilege. I get to do this, right? Yeah. And 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 that just reframe. What that actually does, Terry, it almost reframes the entire experience yeah. and allows for a bit more uh, appreciation or gratitude for the moments. Absolutely. All right, oddly, you took me to it. One of my other favorite things to talk about is reframing. Mm. So that's the whole sense of self. It's 
all about reframing. It's all about, and back to the positive intelligence, they, yes. that, that program talks about how absolutely every challenge is a gift. Now, some of them are harder to, harder to realize what that gift is than others. But in, in the end, leaning into what, so my reframing is always, what are the positives? Yep. As negative as this seems right now, what are the positives? What am I learning? What do I stand to learn? What might the others learn when we yes. do this thing? Yes. And then how do the positives and the learning inform how I will respond, not react? Because before we do that reframing, we're all about reacting. And so I'm not reaching my true potential if I'm reacting, reacting, reacting. When I practice the pause, now I'm going to slow down and I reframe in that manner, positives, learning, and then how will I respond based on that, um, on that reframing. So to me, that's, that's the, one of the main ways to elevate one's sense of self and yep. start un uncover your untapped potential. <laughs> well, it just seems to me that, you know, once so we talk about unraveling the very beginning, right? So it seems to me that once you, you've unraveled, you know, the, the, the reframing is a natural part of that process, if you will, isn't it? Absolutely. That's right. So that's, again, back to, you don't eliminate anything, you replace it. Mm. And so you're replacing it with the reframing. And that's, and reframing happens better when you're in a quiet, peaceful mind state. So I would say you have your mindfulness moment first, some deep breathing, what have you, if you have time to do a, a meditation series, what have you, and then and then you do the reframing. Here's yes. another, here's a good visual for that. Uh -huh. If you're at the ocean and you know the water's all churning up and such, and you throw a rock and you don't see the rock. Right. right? I think when you're at the pond or the lake that's perfectly placid and calm. Yes. Yeah. Like the place I get to when I do some mindfulness practices, then I throw in this reframing, this intention, this thing that's important to me, this three-pointer that I'm going to focus on. Then I put it in there and there's a ripple effect and it's all good. And so beautiful analogy. So I'm, I've got the image in my mind is it's, it's a great analogy. Um, I think, and what it really happens is when we talk about clarity, I, that's, that's kind of where the clarity comes from all that, right? Yeah. It's it's right there. And so that's, that's, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And we can take it a step further and say, if I'm standing on the edge of this, this very quiet, peaceful place, I can see my reflection. I am reflecting, mm. <laughs> right? So just to take it one step further and think about that's the whole point. I should be, a, I should be reflecting upon the positives, the learning, and now how I'm going to respond. And I'm able to do that when there's a reflective surface that's born out of me having that mindfulness moment. <clears throat> and, and, and why I love this conversation, Terry, because it very much fits in with what we're talking about here on the podcast. We spend so much time encouraging individuals to be their bold, audacious selves. And by yeah. doing so, you can have such tremendous impact in the world. And, 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 and through all that we've talked about, it gives us that clarity to be very, very clear on who we are and what we need to do for ourselves. And that's where we can have that impact. And so I, th I think it's just, it's such a, a really nice fit, but I do like the way we're literally break, breaking it down to the simple like a simple first step that's really small, minute, but they're impactful. Very impactful, like the ripples, right? Yes, like ripples. yes. Yeah, your, your O, um, out, outlast, um, outlast. Outlast adversity, yes. Adversity, yeah. I wasn't sure if outlast was the right word. 
that's the reframing. How do you outlast adversity? By reframing, by accepting the gift that is the adversity. And you know, so again, it's about replacing it. You can't just accept it and feel the negativity. You replace it with what you learn and what the positives are and such. So Very good. I love your framework. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the, for the, the bold framework plug. While we're at it, B is better than yesterday. O is outlast adversity. L, live your truth. And then D is disrupt the norms. And I think all of those things fit into how we can position ourselves to be that more audacious individual. And so, um, yeah, uh, yeah the, the outlasting the adversity is, is a big one because it is it literally is accepting that, yes, this is happening to me in this moment. It might be sucky. It might be crappy. Maybe I don't feel good about it, whatever, but that it doesn't have to be this. And I know that if I can get to the other side, that's where all the greatness lies. And that's really the framework behind that. Yes. I'm going to have one correction though, if I may, when you get to the other side. Ah, yes. No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, no. When, when we get to the other side, I'll make you get to the other side. No, no. Thank you. Thank you for that correction because you're absolutely correct. If we are, are are approaching it as it's something that is going to happen, our intentions are that this is going to see its way through, we have to start speaking that. And I think that's what goes to the, the power of words. And maybe, and, and I, I want to sort of touch on that specifically, and the powers of words that we put out into the universe and what we say. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I say yours is the voice of humankind. Okay. That's pretty powerful. So think about the weight of that, right? Uh, In in the book, I quote a a gentleman named Tom Kenyon, and he says, we're creating the the world by how we speak to each other. Yes. So you're right. The power of the words that we put out in the universe is so understated or underestimated, right? It goes back to that the impact of the kid being told, you'll never do this, you'll never do that, right? And so when we're putting, think about that, think about the power of the words you have today, just today, the people that you interact with, and when you choose words that are uplifting and inspiring, as opposed to minimizing and limiting, and you offer those words to everybody that you speak to today, right? You can do this. When we meet next week, I believe in your ability or, you know, what have you, or, or even simply um, reinforcing something that you see. Mm. I so appreciate the confidence that you showed when you did X, you know, so that those are the right words to be putting in the universe, the, the positive forward, forward potential building words, right? I love it because, and really what that does, it, it sort of sets the stage of what's to come. And, you know, and I, I, I really believe that, the, you know, the words that you put out, they do truly matter. And if you're putting out negativity, that's what you're going to see. And so that's, that's such a, I, I don't think that point, and I don't know if, if people really fully respect or even understand how powerful yeah. our words are but they, they truly, truly are. I, I absolutely agree. I think it's a underestimated um, quality that we have, that we possess. So here's the thing. I'm not gonna be able to help you with your potential unless I understand my potential right. and the link between them are the words. Mm, that's right. It's the word choices, that's right? right? And I'm that's gonna right. uplift your potential when I choose my words well. <clears throat> you know. Um, I, I, I know we, we talked earlier about the, the, you know, my role with NBL Canada is, is, is the commissioner. And I remember, um, you know, I started as a volunteer within the organization and just sort of just 
worked hard and did stuff, not really knowing where the end goal was, just knowing I believed what the work of the organization was. And I remember being at an event, a public event with a friend of mine um, um, who, who since he's passed away several years ago. But in that moment, I remember him saying to me, um, you know, I, I, I remember he said specifically, I can see you running this organization one day. And in that, and in that time, I was like, yeah, I, I, so here's my, I'm using negative self, negative, what are you talking about? I don't see that. And he's like, no, 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 I can see it. Well, you know, you know, five years later, th that's exactly what happened. And um, I, I remember sort of reflecting and you know, you sort of, you, you think back and reflect, you put the pieces together. And I remember saying, wow, you know, Rick was absolutely right. I didn't see this. And Rick saw it and Rick told me I was going to do this. And this is what I'm doing. And I started to feel a little bit of sadness. I'm going, wow. Rick's not here to see this moment, right? Mm -hmm. But then I, I, I corrected myself. Rick already saw the moment. That's why he was able to tell it to me, right? And so, so again, the words that we use matter and they'll always come back. People will always remember those words and how and, 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 and the impact they had on because there's feelings attached to that. And so um, as we talk, that's the story that comes to mind. It gives me chills. So here's the deal. Rick yep. was visualizing it for you, yes. right? You're at that time, for whatever reason, you didn't have the ability and he was helping you visualize it. He was planting that seed. So he yes. visualized it and he was planting the seed for however long it took. I think you said five years, yep. right? That's not, a, not in the scheme of things. That's not a long time. Yep. He was planting the seed for you to then visualize it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and so- yeah. And, and, and so when we can do that for people, right, and when we can, so when I can say, hey, I see the greatness in you, you are yeah. going to do outstanding things. You've given me the, almost give me a license to dream a little bit and I'll help. Okay, I, I can. So-and-so sees it. And this is what I can do. And so it's, 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 yeah, again, we go back to the, the power of our words is impactful, really. Yeah. And it, so that's building your sense of self. So that's the, that's why I say, that's why I like SOS, because we need yep. help. So Rick yep. helped you yep. with your sense of self yes. and he built it up and, and now you carry that with you and you're sharing that with others. I mean, think about Rick's, the ripple effect yeah. Yeah. of the sentence that Rick shared yep. with you. And that, and that, that, that to me is always the piece I love most about it is what happens afterwards and how it can ripple and go beyond. Um yeah, no, no, I, 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 it's fine. I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, yeah, it really was impactful. And 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 I know in myself, uh, there's many instances with individuals who I've been able to encourage this exact same way that I was encouraged. And so uh, if we can all do that, just imagine how awesome and audacious this place would be, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Terry, I, I so, so appreciate you, you, you being here and sharing this fashion. Such mm -hmm. a wonderful dialogue, such a wonderful chat. For, for, for our listeners who want to learn about you or specifically to, to snag a copy of, of, of your book, where, mm -hmm. where, where could we send them? Yes, thank you. Well, I feel like we could go on and on and on. So <laughs> yeah, I love chatting with you. Thank you. So the, our website is um, www.thrivingleadercollaborative.com. So there's no S in leader. Yes. And you could email me at Terry, spelled oddly, T-E-R-R-E, at thrivinglc.com. I yep. love to hear from people. And yep. the book's on the website. The book's online on all the um, ways that you can buy a book. Um, so, yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. And, and I do I do want to go back because we, you, you specifically work with leaders. And I think that's important to, to, to know. But at the same time, what we're talking about also 
it's universally applicable and it can apply to everyone. So it's not geared just for leaders. It can apply to everyone, our personal lives, wherever it, it, it doesn't matter because it's the same strategy and tactics, right? Exactly. Yeah. I just happen to coach leaders. I do one-on-one coaching, but I hold workshops and retreats actually for, for anyone. So, you Amazing. know, even people who are resp- aspiring to be a leader. And so here's why. I contend that it starts with leading yourself. It's no yes. different than the personal podcast, right? Yes, so yes. how you show up to work, whether or not you ever want to be a leader, this it begins with you leading yourself, leading your life well. And, and all that is manifest manifests itself in more joy. So yes. I'm on a mission for people to find more joy in their lives and therefore be thriving. Amazing, amazing. Terry, this has been fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Great chatting with you. Thank you for the insights uh, and and keep up the fantastic work. Yes, thank you. You too. I will if you will. (laughs) I have to promise. (laughs) All right, take care. Thanks. back we are on the podcast and i have to send out my thanks and appreciation to terry for for being here thank you so so much i appreciate your insights uh, and the lessons uh, on the power of our words i truly love spending time with you so again thanks for being here you know when i think back to my conversation with terry i really appreciated so much of what she had to say but if there's just one thing that i would take from our chat it would have to be this It was Mother Teresa who once said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. What we say to others and how we say it is one of the most powerful tools in building human potential. Our language and the words we use can lift others to reach their highest peak or tear them down. It can help build positive relationships or encourage discord and distrust. It can help shape how others think about themselves, the action steps they choose to take, and ultimately where they end up in life. Think back to your childhood and recall the voices of your teachers. What kinds of words they used? What was the tone of voice? Recall how you felt being around them. Was it safe and motivated to learn or self-doubting, insecure, or maybe even angry? It's important to understand that the words we use should be kind, straightforward, and direct because of the audacious power they possess. But also keep in mind the words we use and how we think in our own head. They're important too. Think about those words again. And the next time you're talking or describing someone, ask yourself, am I tearing someone down or helping them reach their audacious potential? We've come to the end of another episode of the Audacious Learning Podcast. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to our outstanding listeners and all those lovers of audaciousness. Thank you for, for your ongoing and tremendous support. It is so, so much appreciated. And until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.